I'm Dara. And I'm Taylor. Welcome to the Overall Thoughts Podcast. Where we talk all things photography, entrepreneurship, and life. Today we have our very first guest on the show. She is a talented wedding and couples photographer who has hosted workshops in Utah and Nevada, traveled out of state for various weddings, is a full-time student at Grand Valley for art education and printmaking, and started her business at 17 when she was just a junior in high school. Here is Paloma Havlet. Hi, everybody. We can't wait to jump into today's episode. For all of our listeners out there, we're going to be covering how to attract your ideal clients and add true value. So get your pen and paper ready before we jump in. <laughs> uh, so I, um, what made you get started in photography, Paloma? Um, so the first thing that really got me started was my papa. He was my grandfather and I really looked up to him growing up. Um, and so he really like triggered the love for photography, watching him as I grew up with a camera. Um, and I started dabbling in senior portraits um, at the end of high school. And that's kind of where it kick started. I love that. I feel like grandparents have such a big influence on like everything we do. I have like one of my grandpa's cameras up on my shelf right now and he had so many and I feel like that's always such a fun way to connect to the past. <laughs> I so agree. I love that. Did, was he like really involved in photography or did he do it as like a hobby? It was such a hobby for him. He loved like family time and or we live on the lake so it was like sunsets every night he would be taking photos out there I would go out with him um and it's just very sentimental taking photos of sunsets is like a a thing you know we do and it's like you see a sunset like the light and everything so he passed away and like that makes me think of him and it's kind of just also in honor of him that I started my business um yeah I love that that's so special Do you feel like the photos that he took when you were younger and you being around him, do you feel like that's influenced your style now? Mm, No, not at all, actually, no. (laughs) Yeah, his influence on me was really, like, just seeing the world for what it is, I think, more so than, like, the style I've grown into and such. That's more of, like, me and my personality currently, Um, but... His impact was very much like how I view the world and how I portray the images I take type of thing. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Um, How would you describe your style now in terms of both like editing and shooting? Yeah, so now my um, editing style has become more of like a true to life coloring um, and more timeless, I would say. When you look back at it, they're going to be vibrant colors that like remind you of the day um it's not going to be off-putting like more on a warmer scale or cooler scale it's usually in the middle type of thing is where I'm at now I used to be warmer I used to be a little more interpretive um but yeah I've really gotten into the more timeless look in the last couple two or so years um and yeah I I I like it (laughs) I love that what do you feel like influenced like what your style is now and made you want to go to more of a natural tone versus warmer tones that where you were originally at I think that um when I started out I was kind of doing the warmer tones and I think I was really influenced by like the community and people around me and a lot of those people use like warmer hues I would use like Kelvin or Mm -hmm. um And it's just the first way that I learned to edit. And so I stuck with it because it was comfortable. Um, But yeah, I think now I've kind of grown out of that and into the creative, but still timeless, um, true to life colors. Um, I feel like it's such a thing to have like influence from outside creators when you're first starting and like just like trying to figure out your your style because I don't know any photographer who is like truly stuck with the style that they started with it's always adapting and changing and I feel like a big piece of that is like what influences you in terms of your surroundings and stuff and what your intake is it definitely is so crazy how the whole world just revolves around trends until you 
can think for yourself, like fashion wise, house decorating wise, every single aspect in life is so trendy, unless you can actually pick yourself up and drag yourself out of the trends and actually stand on your own and be your own person, which I feel like you do that so well, because I feel like when I'm scrolling on my Instagram feed, and I see one of your posts, and before I even say your name, I already know that it's your work, which I I feel like most people just strive for that. And it takes years and years to really establish yourself in that sort where your work just stands out on its own. And it just represents who you are. Because I feel like looking at your work, editing wise, shooting wise, it's like, yes, your clients are obviously their own people and how they're interacting with each other and everything is so them and true to themselves. But it also represents you in a way as well. Like I'm like, oh, that's so Paloma too. But obviously, it's your clients, if that makes any sense at all. (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. And that's such a good point, like to be able to stand on your own two feet and not have to depend on the trends and what's in and what's out. Um, I think that's so important. I, I can say I see it in both of your work too. Like when I see Taylor's work, I'm like, yep, that's that's Taylor. And then when <laughs> I see Dara's, yep, that's Dara's. And um, it's so interesting because sometimes I'll be scrolling and I'll I'll see a photo and then in my head before I see the name, like you said, I'm like, oh, this is that person's work. But then it's not. And I'm like, okay, so these people are kind of like coinciding with each other. And so there's things you sometimes have to do to separate yourself from the trends, from what you think is coming in and what you think you have to follow the guidelines of because of your audience or because of who you think you want to attract. But I mean, in the end, I really believe staying true to you and what Taylor said, like stand on your own two feet and believe in your creativeness. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I agree with that for sure. And there's so many talented photographers out there. So I feel like that's why it gets so easy to get into like, trends and getting into wormholes in terms of editing and second guessing yourself and stuff too but I feel like in order to attract who your ideal clients are and really add value to them and stand out in an industry that there's so many people in you really have to figure out who you are as a creator and artist and how you're going to move forward with that to create a unique experience for your clients that like somebody else can't offer Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um. Do you feel like since you found your editing style that it's been easier to find your ideal clients? Yes. Yes. I would say yeah because when I'm getting my inquiries, I have a question on my inquiry form that is like, "What's attracted you to my work, or why are you considering me?" Um. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, it'll say, "I love your editing style. I love your coloring. I love that type of stuff." And so when I see that, I'm like, "Okay, well." they're not going to ask me to change my editing for their wedding day. That's a green flag to me. And they just appreciate the art that I am creating. And I know that they're going to like the end result. And that is going to make the whole process and relationship come together more. Oh, 100%. Do you feel like your website and how your inquiry form is laid out has recognizing those green versus red flags and making sure that you're getting to know your clients right off the bat? Yes and no. So I think that when prospective clients come to my inquiry form, it's either a check off their to-do list or they're excited to be doing it. Um, And so I feel like if I see right away, like my inquiry form that they sent me is filled out to the brim with all the details, like I'm already excited to read it. But mm-hmm. if it's like the opposite and like one sentence or like two words per question, I'm like, okay, this is a little bit like, I'm not getting much out of you. We're going to have to have a consultation regardless. Yeah. Thing. Like there's a degree of care that when you're wedding planning, things that you care about and things you don't really care about. And so it shows when you have to go through those stages of finding your vendors and stuff. Yes, it's tiring, but at the same time, you should try and make it fun and make it a good experience because it will only happen one time in your life. So 
make yeah. it a good process um, and have fun with it type of thing um, and care about it, I, I think. Yeah, I feel like when people give you such short answers and don't care about filling out your inquiry form or anything much like I know on mine I have a topic where it's kind of like a free-for-all section where I want people to just talk to me and Mm -hmm. sometimes people will just put literally one word and it's just sad because you want something to be excited about too like I'm already excited about your wedding but give me something actually to to grasp on, to be excited about. Like, what are you doing differently? What are you excited for? How did you meet? Give me something to connect me to you so that we can just create that bond right off the back and just create a much bigger relationship right from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I get it so many times where like, it's like, how did you meet? And it's like, we've been together for two years period but give me more we want more (laughs) only numbers (laughs) yeah okay let's know in my experience the couples that fill it out in depth tend to book with me whereas the couples that literally have the shortest answers it's kind of a hit or miss if they're going to end up booking because they're probably price shopping if they're not filling it out completely exactly so Yeah, they just want your price guide and whatnot, which I do offer like my starting prices on my website. Like I'm pretty transparent with that stuff to clients. So what would you say is your ideal client? I would say sounds really simple, but ideal clients to me are clients that are excited, like just pure excited and happy to be going through this experience. Like they just want to give me all the details and the inquiry form they're writing me a whole essay and I know I can see their vision like just by the way they describe it and Mm -hmm. that off off the bat shows me they care so I think care excitement and trying to have a good experience through the planning process is a good starting point for me to like see like okay this is probably an ideal client and it's not like one like shoe fits all like my ideal clients like Mm -hmm this ideal client is going to differ so much from the next. And I think that's because my ideal clients do stay true to themselves. And so they're not like the next one. And then on the other side, people that have similar interests in terms of the style I'm gravitating towards and even have like a Pinterest board, like link or like inspiration board link in my inquiry form so that I can off the bat see like what their vision is, what they're hoping for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, There's certain weddings that, you know, I don't gravitate towards. Sometimes the trends overtake the Pinterest boards and you can see that happening. And that's the other thing with my ideal clients is I want them to, like Taylor said earlier, stand on your own two feet and separate yourself from the trends. Stick to what you love, stick to your roots and focus on what makes you as a couple happy and what you enjoy on your wedding day. It's about you. Make it about you. Don't make it about the trends. Don't make it about what's in and out. I think that's a big thing is like walking away from the trends. And it's okay too if like they do have some trends because trends are fun um, Mm -hmm. and they are like with the time. So like you are going to remember that time in like this era. So like trends are okay, but there's a like a line, you know, there's like a difference between trends, like, in, like finding a trend cute and wanting to include it in your day because you like, like the feeling of it or something and a, and a trend that like you base your whole wedding around that trend and it looks like cookie cutter compared to the next person's and you don't want that because it doesn't reflect who they are as a couple like. I feel like now you get on Pinterest and you pin one thing and then it shows you like 10 others that are the exact same. And so it's so easy to get into rabbit holes with that. And then same with Instagram. Like if you are always seeing, for example, because I feel like this is really popular right now, barn weddings everywhere, then you're going to start to think that like you're attracted to that. Just the same as like when you see everybody wearing the same pair of shoes, you're going to be like, oh, I want that pair of shoes. So it's like easy to be like everybody, it looks good on everybody else. So like I want that too. And it probably makes it easier when it comes to planning and like you don't have to put as much like time and thought into it in certain senses. But um, that's the difference between a client caring and a client not caring about their wedding planning process. Like if you mm-hmm. have the care and time for making your own trends, like that's what's going to separate you from the next bride too. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like 
just to like go from that into this, what advice would you give to a bride and groom to make their wedding day more true to them and being able to recognize what trends actually fit within who they are and what are just trends that are cute? First of all, I feel like if you're one of those brides that's planning from like, like you're 10 years old, like in middle school, you're starting to plan your Pinterest board. Um, I think if you go off of that, not everyone's going to have this, obviously, but if you go off of that, take little pieces of all the things that you've loved over the year and kind of implement that into the day, that would be one way. But like I said, not everyone's going to have all those years on their Pinterest boards. Uh, So I think the other way is sit down and talk with your partner about what you want your wedding day to look like and talk about the things that you two enjoy together, things that you enjoy on your own and start to implement those things into your wedding day. So like colors, if you're both attracted to some colors, use those colors. Same thing with flowers and stuff. Like if you like the baby breath thing, like do it. Like that's cool. But like if it's because you're doing it as a trend, like talk to your partner about it. See if you both like it. And think about how this will look framed on a wall in like 10 years, you know, Mm-hmm. are you gonna want to take it down because it's like giving you the ick now or like you know <laughs> yeah I, mean, I guess yes. yeah I always think like about like having kids and like my kids looking at my wedding photos and like making fun of things that I had at my wedding like when you go and look back at like our parents wedding photos if you see like the wedding dresses with like the huge puffy sleeves that were so popular in whatever year and everything like those trends that we make fun of now I'm like what would my future kids make fun of from my wedding and then kind of like shift things if you don't want it to be like so trendy? Like right now I'm planning my wedding and I feel like one thing I've been thinking about is I'm like, does this fit into my life outside of my wedding day? Or is it like primarily just my wedding day? Like, and I feel like that's made a huge difference because a few things that I was debating on, I was like, these don't even fit into who I am outside of my wedding. So why would I include that in my wedding day? It does not reflect me at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So like, think about if you're going to use this again, maybe too, like that could be another factor. Like, and like you said, that's perfect. Like if this doesn't match your personality day to day, like why would you even have it? That is a very smart way to decide what you want and don't want. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess we can move on to the next question. I love that. That was, I feel like it's so fun to talk about ideal clients and stuff too, because it's just like everybody has a different point of view on what their ideal client is or like what vibe they're looking for when they're capturing different wedding days and stuff like that, just to make sure that they coincide and everything. I feel like it's super easy as a photographer too, to be like, like, you know what your dream wedding would be to capture, like, your dream location to travel to, but then it's, like, that's not going to reflect the same as, like, what your ideal client is, because I feel like that's also about the relationship, because photography is so personal yeah, in so many also, ways. Yeah, that also, so, like, ties into, like, when you're making these connections with your clients, like, you find things you have, like, common ground in, and, like, like that attract you to each other, like, as just people, and, mm-hmm. like, that's, it's also based off of, like, like, intuition, like, you're going to know like off the bat, like if you feel like safe or like close or like trusting whatever it is with these people, like on your first call, you're going to like have good banter or you're not going to. And that like will also set the tone for if they're your person or not. Definitely. (laughs) That's so good. Um, I guess we can move on to the next question then. I love that topic. Um, So do you feel like marketing has played a large role in reaching your clients or has it been more word of mouth? Um, a hundred percent more word of mouth. Um, I will be honest. I I think maybe one time I got like a free $5 thing from Instagram. And so I put an (laughs) ad out for that. And that was the only time I ever paid for an ad, which I'm going to try it this year. But as of now, I've only ever used word of mouth and just posting on Instagram, as well as my websites out there with a little bit of SEO stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? But other than that, it's really word of mouth and old friends telling people about me or like, people from high school, like remembering me or just things like that really is what I've gotten most of my clients from because I have a there you go. Another thing on my inquiry form is like, how did you find me or how'd you hear of me? And it's almost always Instagram or 
so-and-so referred me to you. I feel like you're definitely right about that. And honestly, well, you kind of, you started out doing seniors, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I started out doing seniors and I like don't have to market for seniors like barely at all anymore. So I basically just focus on marketing for couples at this point and seniors like just roll in for me. I don't really have to do anything for that. I just am constantly getting inquiries like even in the off season for like the next year regarding seniors. And I feel like word of mouth is just so huge because it's a ripple effect and but I'm with you. I need to work on my marketing too. It's so easy to put marketing on the back burner and like be intentional about actually including it in your thing. And I feel like when you have so many things to worry about in a photography business as it is, then marketing and having to fit in algorithms that are always changing is just one more thing that you don't have, want to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you intentionally plan your posts? Oh, okay. So I went to Greece this past September of 2023 with an artist. Her name is Karamia on Instagram, um, and she's incredible. I found her during the pandemic in 2020 on Instagram, and from there, she just blew me away. She became one of my muses, one of my inspirations, um, and I just loved seeing her work. It, like, sparked just something in me to do, do more, stray from the trends, do my own thing. Um, because that is just who she is. She's so true to herself and her artwork and you can see it. Um, mm -hmm. Like you guys were saying, like when her photo shows up on my on my uh, feed, I'm like, yeah, that's Kara. So um, yeah, um, I went to this Greece trip. Uh, it was a workshop, like an educational photography workshop. Um, and it was very eye-opening as an artist for me. Um, I learned a lot about storytelling. I learned a lot about intention and I learned a lot about just documenting and documenting with intention as well. Um, mm -hmm. And through through doing all that, like maintaining a story at the same time. So it was like really eye-opening and 100% recommend like go do it, invest in your business and yourself like to learn that type of stuff. But um, the intention, I brought that with me when I came back home, um, and that was, like, the biggest thing I learned is intention is so important. I used to post just because I felt like if I wasn't posting, people would forget about me type of thing. Like, if I'm not on their feed, they're not going to remember me. They're, so, yeah. I, I learned it's okay not to post every day, and it's good not to post every day if you don't have the energy or don't do it if you don't want to. And at the same time, for me, I felt like I was just posting, like, it's okay and, like, good to post old work. Um, and I do that still. But I was doing it so much just to fill the feed, fill my feed, like, every day to be mm -hmm. consistent. And consistency is so key and so good. But there's times for it and times not for it. So I think intention over consistency is where I'm at right now. Uh, so this also like ties back into ideal clients. If you're going to post old work, but you're straying away from it where you currently are headed towards, what is the point in doing? You don't want your potential clients to be attracted to your old work because that's not what you want to be moving forward with. I know what you mean a hundred percent because I feel like there's so many posts that I've that I've made just to post them. So with you talking about your Greece workshop and just being intentional and everything you learned at in Greece, um do you think that like your shooting style, posing and everything specifically has changed and been impacted by that trip to Greece or just like any other educational or workshops that you've done or I think when I started out like I started off with seniors and for seniors like they kind of need posing and there's obviously like, some creative aspects to it but I think I was really stuck in that mindset for a while of I need to tell them where they need to put their arm and where their head needs to be facing and what direction to look in and whatnot and to a degree yes you should do that but at the same time I found that was making my work feel and look very stale to me very uniform and there was not really creativity to it I mean everyone's different in their own way so like yeah they would like portray it a little differently but one of my favorite poses was put your arms um up into your like hair and then like look to the right or whatever and 
every girl I would have, I would like do that with them and it would look the exact same. And so I discovered um, like content days and like styled shoots and I started to go nuts and like attend like all the ones that I thought were going to be cool. Um, and when I started to attend these, like, first of all, I would like make friends from them, which was really cool. Like I would make mm-hmm. community out of going to these things which like I still have friends from like the first ones I've ever gone to which is so cool um but the other thing is like when you're doing these content and style shoots they're set up in a way that like everyone has time to like photograph the subjects and whatnot so like sometimes you'll be standing back and just like checking it out watching um and that in itself me so much like watching and hearing the way other people would like direct the models or the subjects taught me so much about everyone does it so differently but there's also similarities it taught me that you don't need to direct as much as I thought I needed to um and moving into mid 2022 going into 23 I started to stray away from posing and go more into prompt based direction but also more observing um and I also want to note, I learned a lot from second shooting. Uh, second shooting is how I got into weddings. Um, and that second shooting was really important to me because I had someone, first of all, to look up to and follow and see what they were doing. But um, like, Taylor, you were one of the first people I second shot for. Um Years ago. Yeah, years ago. For example. She was so the first person ago. I second shot for too. <laughs> um, but yeah, having those instances where you can look back and watch what's happening and put yourself in the shoes of the person you're watching, I think was really eye-opening and changed the way I looked at this job, like the way I started to work with my clients too. And from there, one of the people I second shot for, she asked me, do you want to be an observer or do you want to be a poser type of thing? Um, And I was like, I don't think I want to be posing people. Like, that's not really what I want to do, I learned. So I stepped into observing and documenting and that's where I'm at now. Like, I step back and like, this also ties back to why you should do engagement sessions with your couples before the wedding day, because you want to learn like those little like, things that are like weird and like cool about them like that are unique (laughs) to them that you like observe and like it's things like if someone sees their shadow on the ground and starts playing with it or something like that's just a weird little thing that you it's unscripted things that you observe and document and capture and that's what I fell in love with also when I found film is like I took this photo I I didn't tell them how to pose. They just did it. And I forgot about even what they did, but then I got it back and I remembered. So no, that was so beautifully said. I love that. That was so good. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I learned posing. It's for some, some people, but not for me. It started to feel underwhelming and not my personality anymore. And maybe it was for me when I started, but I definitely grew out of it. And I grew into documenting and I have a real love and passion for that now. Like that's just real and authentic to me now. So mm-hmm. I also want to touch on what you said about second shooting, because one thing that I've like before you said that I was thinking that when you started saying, um, I remember this past year, I feel like especially I've been reflecting on my path in terms of photography like where I started where I am now and I haven't second shot a lot and I realized that I feel like second shooting is so important to developing your style whether it's shooting or editing it is it doesn't have any strings attached to it necessarily because you're capturing it for somebody else and they're going to use that in like the final gallery but your name's not attached to it I feel like because at the end of the day, like you don't have to edit that photo perfectly because like it's not going to a client that paid you. You have to make sure that you capture the moment. And I feel like to have a freedom in a sense to know that when you go into the day, 
your job is to notice like the in-between moments and the details that would have been missed while like the lead photographer is making sure they get those must-have shots and I feel like that's such like a powerful thing because it trains your eye to look at things from a different perspective no matter what position you're in whether it's the lead or the second and I feel like it also just helps you to what you said kind of gather and pick up different things from different photographers and what they do to kind of decide what fits best into how you're going to direct your couples and your sessions and what approach you're going to take to different weddings and stuff too. So I really like that you said so you just started offering Super 8 and film like in the past year or two, right? Yeah, I started offering film in 2022. Um and super like literally i started i took my first role in august of 2023 for free just so i could try it out at a wedding um Mm -hmm. that's the one i have posted and it turned out pretty cool and so i was like i really like this and i think i could get better at it so it was beautiful thank you um yeah so i put it as a service i have one client that booked me just because they were like so excited about the super eight um oh, that's awesome. like two others that were like oh i saw this and like we would like to do that so yeah it's it's been a good addition to add-ons for me as well as just like an extra service for the clients to be excited about as a end product to receive yeah definitely um how has adding film and super eight impacted attracting your ideal clients yeah so I feel like when my clients inquire and they're excited about film I already know that they want that raw like nostalgic and like just authentic feel to their photos which is Mm -hmm. what I strive for in like the documentary aspect of my work and that's what film does for me when I edit my film photos I only like retouch them. I don't usually recolor them or anything like that. Like they are as they were taken. And Mm -hmm. that just like really, it's the essence of photography, like just capturing like what the world is for what it is. Like it's the epitome of like love for photography for me. Like that's like when I found film, like I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. Like Yes, you like have to work, you have to be considerate about like your composition and your lighting and all the normal things you would think about like in digital photography. But at the same time, like you can take a shot and when you get that roll of film back, it's like, whoa, I did this. It's so cool. And it's so real too. yeah. Yeah, I feel like it definitely ties in what you were talking about with intentionality too. Just because I feel like with film, you only have so many, you only have so many that you can take. So you're really intentional about which ones you capture and which ones you don't. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because when I started to use film, that's also like when I started to feel more intention in my work because I was so frugal with my with my film. I was so like, I I can only take like one photo of this moment. Like mm-hmm. you want to save all the film, but now I'm learning. I'm learning still still being intentional I feel like with film it's more raw and when you're going into digital from film you're taking the intentionality with it and it helps you to become more aware of your surroundings too and you're you're noticing things more than what you were if you were just able to take any picture that you wanted yes that's a good way to put it I I have had a film camera. I don't know why, but film just into it's been so intimidating for me. And this year, I'm actually like that was like one of my resolutions for myself. Is I'm like I'm actually gonna do get out my film camera this year because I've had it for I think a year now, and I have not taken a picture with it. It literally just sits on my shelf, and I have the film rolls next to it, and I like look at it every single day, and I'm like I'm gonna take a photo with this, and I don't. And it's so like what you're talking about. You have to be intentional with it. I don't know. It's just like scared me. Whereas when I have the disposable film cameras, I'm like snapping away. (laughs) But I don't know. There's so much art to it, though. It's like such a raw form of photography. Yes, truly. Um, But also just for an example, Dara, Dara, when I did your photos and I got your film back, I was just like, whoa. It's also just like all the memories and feelings because the color is so true that it just comes back and you like remember those specific moments. Uh Uh-huh. Like, isn't that true? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Like when when we got the film photos back that you took, I was just a hundred and I were both just like, these are so awesome. And obviously we loved all the other photos, but the film photos, you just feel connected to them in yeah. a, such a different way. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just you see them and you're like, I don't know. It, it. I feel like film looks how you remember things, if that makes sense. Like when you're reflecting and you're remembering a moment and stuff, film just looks how you're how you're remembering it. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. It can be replicated too. I feel like like I've seen photographers try to match their regular edits to their film photos, and like people can get close, but I feel like it, it's it's. It is a really big value add to, I feel like, to photography business just because it's not something that can be replicated. It's, I feel like even when you look at like a professional film versus disposable film, they definitely have differences to them. They lose their crispness. I feel like the colors kind of like a little less quality in terms of like quality. But yeah, well, I think um, disposable cameras, they have a like a lower end film and that's what they're using. And usually when you develop disposable, you bring it to Walgreens or whatever or Walmart mm -hmm. and that ruins the quality so much. Like, don't do that. P please. Oh. <laughs> um, do you feel like um, since adding film and Super 8 to your add-ons, do you feel like it has increased your inquiry to booking rate? Like you book more of your inquiries? Yeah, I would say like I book eight out of 10 inquiries, like seven out of 10, something like that, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I think 2024 is one of the, like, I think this year is going to have like the least amount of weddings that we've had in a couple of years. So I've had, and I'm sure you, you both have experienced this probably, but just yeah. Way 2024 inquiries I think that stems from like the pandemic and that like domino effect of weddings having to fall over into the next um like year yeah because I feel like even almost every photographer I've talked to and even like the photographer groups that I'm a part of on Facebook and stuff almost every I've seen so many more posts this year that are like are your guys's bookings down and I also think that photography is something definitely that the economy affects when the economy takes kind of like a slight downturn, people tend to go towards cheaper photographers than like photographers that have a ton of experience built up and have a little bit of a higher price point um, just because they're trying to save money where they can, but they still want to get married when they want to get married and stuff like that too. But I feel like, I don't know if kind of going back to trends and stuff, I don't know if film and super eight is, necessarily like a trend because it's been around but I feel like that's definitely come back in so I've seen is a lot more like photographers trying to get into that so maybe with like having less weddings in the next year or so and people kind of cutting their budgets I don't know maybe we'll be able to I don't know like get back towards other things and people will be like working on like being more innovative in the photographer community and adding things that maybe were left kind of in the past but are now coming back to create like a more nostalgic and authentic feel that's a little bit different than what other photographers offer mm -hmm. um i guess next is there one thing that you found your clients value the most when working with you or request the most when inquiring to book with you i think consistently the thing that i see the most um two things actually one is film because they know that's like something I specialize in and like offer is usually film um mm -hmm. but second is like if I offer like an engagement session with my weddings which I so I have three wedding packages and then I have three intimate wedding and elopement packages so for the normal wedding packages all of those include a free engagement session um and the and uh, the elopement ones, those ones don't include one just because usually they're destination and whatnot. So it's an add-on. Mm -hmm. But um, I find like when they want that session, like they're excited about it too. And it also like doing that session, since I, I offer it like almost, strategic, almost strategically because I want to connect with them before their wedding and some couples don't really want like if it's an extra add-on they're not really going to want to pay for it you know like it's just another thing unless they need it or like need it for save the dates or whatever mm -hmm. but I feel like usually 
if it's included, they're going to take advantage of it. And so like that starts to foster your real connection with the couple and create a sense of comfort and trust together. Like they're also with their person in front of the camera. So they're going to start to feel more comfortable in front of you. But it also just helps when it comes to the wedding day and those portraits because you already have a little bit on your mind. And so having a camera in front of your face adds to the stress sometimes thing i feel like a wedding day it's it's different from any other day in your life because it's such a big like monumental day so to have like one other thing that's like feels big and important because i i know i had a bride um this past year and she like at the like beginning of the day she was so stressed out about the photos and like she had like first looks and stuff planned and and, like after we did our second first look i just kind of i was like I don't know. And as a photographer, I feel like you're there to kind of help people. But I was just like, just don't forget that like the day is not about the photos. It's about like being with your person and being present with all your loved ones. And so I feel like you're 100% right that when somebody isn't used to being in front of a camera, they forget that the camera isn't there for the purpose of having photos, but the camera's there for capturing the day and the memories so it decreases the anxiety that can be surrounded by having (laughs) something there snapping pictures of you and like catching you in your moments yes well said (laughs) um (laughs) taylor do you want to take this last question sure so um with being like intentional and building such strong relationships with your clients making that such a huge priority and um, like offering everything that you offer, including your film and the super eight and then the engagement photos and just really focusing on your clients. Do you feel like that's the way that you add the most value to your weddings and your bookings and everything? Like, how do you feel like you add value to your clients? Yeah, I think like all of the above, I think it all comes together in the end and like your client experience that you're providing for them. And I think that's like what adds the most value for what I offer is like everything that comes together to create that experience for you um, to make like that process a little easier on you as well. I like to provide um, resources that I made. Like I have a wedding guide I send off to clients that book with me for like complimentary um, that has like a bunch of my recommended vendors. It has a couple like if you book with this vendor, you get a discount from me. Um, or I have I just have examples of timelines. I offer free timeline consultations. So at the end of like the whole experience, like I just hope to them that I've made the process a little bit easier on them and provided them with like good resources to refer to and make it a good experience. Definitely. It seems like you do such a great job at doing that. And I know people's lives are stressful enough, especially when you're planning your own wedding and like just taking everything into account that needs to get done before the wedding day comes. So if you can make the photography aspect of the wedding day just so much easier for people, then the experience is already already going to be so great and then that also factors into your word of mouth and people referring you and you getting more of your ideal clients and everything like that so that's really awesome I I love that you definitely really care about your clients deeply and love connecting with them and I think you do a really a wonderful job with everything that you're doing thank you in terms of um like your how you go about like your editing process like do you take on a specific amount of sessions and that's how you're able to space it out or how do you keep that in track in order to keep your turnaround times good too yeah so this past year 2023 i really i was very ambitious with my schedule i took on a lot um and i'm finally like i'm caught up and ahead of schedule now after i've had my like winter break from classes and everything but Mm-hmm. Up until like exams happened at, in school for me, I was so, so, so burnt out. I like when I had to sit down to edit, I I was like emotional about it. Like I did not want to do it. And 
it was like a chore. It started to become a chore for me because I had so much editing to do. It was like a nightmare to me. I was like, I just don't want to sit down and do this because I knew I would have to sit down and do it like 20 more times too. But um, mm. yeah, I think ugh, it's really important to like pace yourself because like when the burnout happens, like you forget why you love what you're doing. And that's, that's sad. Like that's sad to me. Yeah. Um, like this is like the ca- career I want to like keep pursuing along with like our education. When you forget the stem and the root of it, just because you're so burnt out and like stressed and you've got everything piled on, that's sad and frustrating too. So I'm starting to manage it and like how I have managed it in the past um, is edit a little bit every day, like at least during the week. So the way I think about it is like, this is my job. Like I'm self-employed, but this is my job. And like, I can at least put one hour of work into editing one day, each day of the week of like a five day week, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think doing like a hundred edits a day, like making that a goal, um, that's a good place to start. Um, And then once you're in the flow of like editing too, sometimes you just don't want to stop. So like once you get to that hundred, like if you're like, yeah, I can keep going, like keep going. Like when you have that motivation, like just keep doing it. Um, Having the discipline to like tell yourself to do this this many times a week and like have a quantity and goal to get to is a really good place to start, I think. Um, And like, yeah, when you have the motivation, like stick with it. Um, Yeah. That's very relatable. I know like for me, I I just had um a senior session that I edited and like honestly at the end of this past season I was telling Hunter I was like yeah I'm like I really don't want to take on any more seniors like this was an exhausting senior season for me and I I I actually took on about the same amount that I have the past couple years but I think I also just went to a lot of the same locations and it felt very repetitive for me but um the session that I just got done editing I it was at a location that I shot at a lot this year, but I enjoyed it so much. It was the beach. I had so many sessions at the beach, but (laughs) it was at the beach and I like actually loved editing it. And I was like, and it's not like my process changed at all, but I think that when you're doing it over and over and over again, it kind of just becomes like a task instead of something that you actually love to do. And like you miss out. I don't know. I feel like it just becomes mundane. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It does become mundane and like a chore and a task and like, like you have to tell yourself to do it and like you shouldn't have to do that. So just make sure you don't get to that point, I guess, is my advice. (laughs) But yeah, I would say to help you do that, like, yeah, spread out your work and stuff. That's definitely going to help. I love that. Yeah, that's a great tip. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so getting to the end here, let's do our little snapshot section that we will be doing with all of our guests, which will be so much fun, where we're going to give you three rapid fire questions to answer. And we're going to continue to ask all our guests these same three questions. Um, So we are so excited. So starting with number one, what gear do you use? I use Canon. I've always used Canon. That's also what my papa used. And I think that had a huge influence. I use currently I use like the mirrorless Canon R6s. I have a backup R6 body. And then I use the Godox V1 flashes. Um, I love those. I love direct flash sometimes. Um, And then I've always loved prime lenses, but I just recently got the mirrorless um, 2870 lens, which has a uh, an f-stop of 2.0 which is insane for oh like my gosh so I have that is so nice <laughs> <laughs> I got the 24 to 70 earlier this year but I got the e or yeah I got the EF version and I just have an adapter but it's a 2.8 f-stop I can't even imagine the photos that could be taken with the 2.0 though that's amazing the difference between the 2.8 and the two like the difference in the photos but also the price yeah yeah <laughs> but hey it's worth it I love the wide angle look too with like that you can get with like 24 or 28 and stuff too it looks so cool I feel like it allows for a lot of creativity too I guess what's your what's a brief overview of your daily routine yeah so I'm not a morning person so I wake up like <laughs> a little bit 
that later but this year I'm gonna have some like more morning classes so yeah I am a full-time student so I have classes Monday through Thursday I intentionally don't have Friday because I take Friday weddings um but I go to class like you know until they're done and usually when I come home like two to four times a week um like I'll come back and edit um like how I told you kind of just pacing myself throughout the week um and balancing that out with homework too is like a task um you know when you're full-time student and business owner but um yeah I'll do that um I don't usually eat lunch but I have dinner when I come home (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's kind of it I love love it my boyfriend but yeah work and school are taking over currently (laughs) sweet So to finish off, can you tell us, can you tell our listeners one tip, trick, secret, or hack that you've learned in photography, entrepreneurship, or just your life in general? I I would say that everybody around you, like, is a pen, potential, like, connection. So, like, be aware of, like, who's around you and, like, who you're telling about, like, your business and stuff because like that will go a long way and word of mouth really like is so crucial to business um, especially as a beginner like that's how you start out Um, and those connections within the community within like just your client base um, and people around you those become so important definitely yes Yes. it's always great to connect with people and build relationships so I love that tip that's a great one (laughs) 100% love that perfect well thank you so much Paloma for joining us it has been so incredible to talk to you and get your insight on everything and you just do such amazing work and you're such an incredible person and just such like a great inspiration to like other photographers and everything. I know a lot of people look up to you style and shooting wise and all of that fun stuff. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, I feel like I gained so much from this too. Like you did such a great job. So I'm really happy (laughs) with everything that we got from this. I feel like everybody's going to get so much value from listening to this too. I'm so glad. (laughs) So um, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Paloma, P-A-L-O-M-M, as in mom, A, Havlik, H-A-V as in Victor, L-I-K, photo. And then I have like a website and it's just the same as my Instagram handle, palomahavlikphoto.com. So yeah, follow me. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, sweet. Everybody go give her a follow and see everything <laughs> that she's up to. I feel like she's going to have a lot of cool things this year, especially with her uh, new addition to Super 8. So <laughs> that'll be super fun. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up here. <laughs> so thank you guys all for listening and make sure you go follow our Instagram at overall thoughts podcast and stay up to date on what we have coming in the future. <laughs> thank you Paloma for getting on and like giving us all of your time and stuff too <laughs> thank you guys. that was fun